Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. How's it going, Larry? You know, Eric, it's going really well. And I I, I just want to mention to you straight off the top of the show, now we're in deep. You realize that, right? Yeah. You, you And do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, in we are deep. deep in pre-production. Well, on just, Hills, right? Go ahead, go ahead. We're deep in pre-production on Hillsborough Road. The episode, um, where we talked about the movie went up on Smells Like Teen Horror, yeah. something about the unknown. The only episode, it, the show that we do while well, we produce it isn't going to be on is um, LOL Lessons in Real Estate, and that's just because I haven't talked to Micah about it yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so far the response has been great. Yeah, good. Oh, really? Yeah. Good listens, right? We're already yeah, like good listens. racking good, up good, good numbers. Yeah. Excellent. And I'm sure people who follow this something about the unknown are gonna be like, ooh, I wonder if they're gonna talk to like Bigfoot people or yeah, or yeah. space hunters or UFO. And then all where's, of a sudden it's like hey, guess what? Yeah. It's Where, like why wait. is it just the two backup singers? <laughs> I know, right? What is this about a movie? <laughs> uh, but you know, Eric, actually, it, we really have to do it now. Do you know why? Because we, because I put, we put it out on our podcast social medias. So we, yeah. we, we have. There's no turning back now. There was yeah. a point of no return. Wait, there was a point of return, but now we're at a point of no return. Exactly, man. Yeah, and. That you might notice that the shows are a little scarce lately. <laughs> it's because every moment of our lives, pretty much, it's like this. When you're when you're when you're in pre-production on a movie, it's slow, but you do so much that it steals all your energy that you do nothing afterward because you're trying to get back that energy that was taken from you. Yeah. Okay. That's very what. Yes. Yes. And all I hear now is is Larry. I I expect like a call or a text. Go. Hey, man. What's going on? We have any shows? It's like no. Hey, we've got an audition. We've got to attend to Larry. Hey, what about this? What about that? And I'm thinking, okay, let's do this, baby. And a lot of times it's me going, Hey, Larry. I changed some dialogue here. <laughs> what do you think of it? And I'm like, oh man. Well, then, you know, that's why I'm glad I got you on here, because, you know, again, it is an, a, a slasher movie set in the 80s. And Larry, yes. man, I was thinking we need like a car race where we can get authentic 80s muscles cars. And, you know, man, I think if we could somehow get Cowboy Stadium in the movie. Just for the race around that around the parking lot, Eric, it would really help the movie. You're really starting to give me some high anxiety. Well, I, you know, I, I already wrote it and sent it to all the actors. They all loved it. Right. So great. the yeah. Well, I'll, I'll contact Jerry Jones and uh, see the if we can. The only problem is we're going to have to get special effects to make it look like the you know Cowboy Stadium from the '80s. Oh, before mm. it became Jerry World. You know that movie we were talking about doing? <laughs> I'm going to be busy for the next year and a half. So uh, good luck with that. 
And, you know, that's only one of the big things we have planned for next year, yeah. the movie. The other thing, which, man. We, we can't say anything yet. That's for sure. But, but it's it's, it, it's, it's going to be huge. It's it a, is. It is. 2021 is going to really make up for 2020. Yes, I agree. I agree. You know, and actually, Eric, um, for those of you who, who will go back and listen to our podcast that we did last night for our show, we have now become our guests. And and tonight we have we have a really great guest. We have a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker at that. Um, uh, I, I don't know if you got to watch uh, his film. Um, like I was saying, you know, um, everyone who listens to the show and knows me is that I'm handicapped. I have neurofibromatosis. If you don't know what that is, um, basically these benign tumors grow in my body. And it made it, as a kid, I had countless surgeries on my leg, even till today. Yeah. I have surgeries on my leg. So doing things like participating in school sports was a no-no for me but i love sports like when i became a teenager and was more healthy this is gonna shock you too and a lot of people (laughs) you couldn't get me off the basketball court man really i would play pickup basketball as much as humanly possible me and my dad my dad was a great athlete and we would always go down to these courts in jersey yeah and just do pickup basketball games man but again my leg even now like my leg right now is ridiculously swollen and it hurts a little bit yeah you know i've got to do my stuff but So when I was watching this documentary, it hit me in all the right places so much that I couldn't finish it, but I will be finishing it. Yes, yes. And actually... We're we're talking about it like we don't have the filmmaker. On. Yeah, let's 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 bring on the filmmaker, <laughs> ladies and ge- ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, coming to the microphone on the something something podcast this evening, today, whenever you're listening, late at night, maybe. Uh, everybody, uh, let's welcome filmmaker and director and producer. What in the world? Now we're all kind of mixed up, Scott. Marshoots, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, You're thank welcome. you so much for coming on. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's now. It, obviously, um, we love filmmakers. We love we love everybody that comes on our show, uh, musicians, uh, authors. But we're we're especially like akin or in tune with filmmakers. I think. Um, so this is a very special, very special podcast, I think. Not 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 just because you're a filmmaker, because you have such an important documentary that you have. Um let's let's talk a little bit about the documentary and we can get into your background as we get into it. Um, but tell us a little bit or a lot a bit about your documentary, Let 'em Play. Well the I was a freelance writer for a long time and um, I was scouting for a, a project and uh, in, in my world, I would get pitched by a lot of PR people, you know, Hey, I got this great story. And most of it is just, you know, you just trash it and go on. And, but I got this one pitch 
this goes back four years ago, back to July of 2016, like, and um, a really interesting event called the Angel City Games that was being held at UCLA. Never heard of it, uh, but it was like really interesting the way they had pitched it. Um, it was an event that gave uh, disabled uh, people uh, a chance to participate in track and field sports and some other sports. And um, so I thought, wow, I should check this out. And I, I went, I drove over there and, uh, and my jaw just dropped open. I just couldn't even believe what I was seeing. Uh, and it wasn't just kids. It was pretty much all walks of life. Anybody with a, dis a disability could participate in these Paralympic style sports they were putting on. Um, and I thought, wow, you know, this is more than just a story, more than a one-off story. And, you know, I'll give you a little context. I'd been wanting to make a documentary film for a long time, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't the right situation. I couldn't find the right story. I didn't have enough money, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you guys are filmmakers. You know the drill. Yeah. Uh, but all of a sudden, the stars started to align perfectly for this. And I thought, this is my time. This is my entry point, you know. Um, and I started to do a bunch of research, started talking to the kids, started talking to their parents, the coaches, the advocates. And um, they turned me on to a whole bunch of stuff that was happening in this para-athletic universe, um, which is very, very underserved in the United States. Uh, in the UK and Canada, it's big time. They put a lot of emphasis. They put a lot of focus on it, a lot of media attention. But in the U.S., they don't hardly at all. Um, so I thought, let's be part of this movement, okay? Um, you either create a movement or you, be, you, know, you, you help a movement. And so I jumped in and said, okay, let's, let's figure this out. And that's kind of how it, how it started. That's pretty cool. Um, I know one thing that I think it was a coach early on in the movie you know, and, and kind of going along with what you said is it's not very well known or publicized here. And, and, and for him, I mean, it's a perfect thing where he said, oh, you know, there's not many like celebrities or well-known people yeah. doing this and, and taking up the mantle or, or wanting to help. Um, and I think, I mean, honestly, that, that probably is, probably one of the biggest things that, and it, you know, I don't know if I, well, let me ask you this. <laughs> I've got so many things going through my head and questions. Um, what, what has the outcome been? I know we're jumping way ahead. Yeah. Um, but then it's, it's really intriguing. What has the outcome been since you've made this documentary? Well, that's a great question. Um, yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's several answers to that. Um, one is we really haven't marketed much because we're in negotiations with distributor right now. Um, and and we're, we're, we're getting ready to, to, to close that deal. But we did 30 a for 30. They will eat this forever. thing up. Oh, yeah. Oh, and um, and so we, we did a little social me media marketing, you know, early on and it, it spread pretty good i mean it got out there and there was a lot of positive feedback um but until we we get together with distributor we've kind of held off just to see what was going to happen but in the meantime um 
another film has come out um, that had a budget that was probably 10 times what we had called Rising Phoenix. And I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's on Netflix right now. And it's an incredible movie. And I don't mind, you know, promoting that a little bit, but it's it's basically our movie on a very international level. Um, and they did a phenomenal job of getting the story. But again, it's very international focused. It's not focused on the U.S. And ours is very, very much focused, not on just the U.S., but in California particularly, yeah. where they have just adopted rules for high school disabled athletes. There's more collegiate um, programs launching now. And I think that our film is going to help launch even more because of that. I, uh, I think so. Yeah. And, and so, you know, even though Rising Phoenix is out there, you know, getting lots of attention on an international scale, yeah. I think once we really get going with the marketing on this film, that it's, it's going to help. Uh, oh. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have two questions. One, this law that was just passed, it sounds like it's going to have the same impact for, you know, disabled kids and i hate using that word for those athletes because they are amazing i feel it'll have the same impact title nine had for young women in the 70s and 80s well you know in, in california it became the 25th state in the nation to adopt rules for disabled high school athletes okay so you know there's still a long way to go um, and, um, you know, it, it, because of so many factors involved. Um, but the other thing that, that we, we wanted to release this film sort of, um, in conjunction with the 30th anniversary of the ADA legislation that, that, uh, was passed in 1990 that became effective in 1993. So, and then there, we, we follow another film called Crip Cramp. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's produced by the Obamas, but it's really the the history of uh, the disability revolution, if you will. Um, and so, uh, when when we started pitching this, they were saying, "Oh yeah, I mean, you know, you're coming on the heels of this film. It's really good timing." So we've sort of kind of found that niche where we're like right in a good spot, yeah. and we're hoping that that helps as well. That, that's All right. Really My next question is, I think we need to do some explaining because everyone knows what the Olympics are, but then most people would immediately think after that is the Special Olympics. Now, those people are amazing, too, you know, superstars, but not that many people know what the Paralympics are. Could you explain that a little for people who might not know? Sure. Um, the Paralympics um, happens uh, directly after the Olympics, the regular Olympics, the able-bodied, you know, Olympics uh, takes place every four years um, and both winter and summer. Uh, and um, so the um, it started uh, the first Paralympic Games were um, in 1960 in Rome. Um, and from there, they evolved to what they are today. Um, they went through a lot of uh, peaks and valleys in terms of administration and uh, rules and regs and, and where they're going to host it and all that stuff. But they've, um, uh, they've got the system pretty well uh, put together now. Uh, and 
you know, I think you guys mentioned this before, but there are some very, very good athletes in this Paralympic group. Yeah. And, you know, you look at Tatiana McFadden, um, you look at uh, just there's a whole, I mean, bunch of them. Um, and it doesn't matter, wheelchair racers, sprinters, shot put throwers, most in the um, in the in the track and field side, um, but in all all kinds of other sports, uh, wheelchair basketball, uh, skiing, um, uh, rugby, you name it. I'm sure you've heard of a, a, a film called uh, Murder Ball, right? I was about to ask you about that. Uh, that was a great documentary, man. And and it's been written up in a lot of documentary textbooks as being a, a case study in, in terms of how to make a film, too. Um, they did a phenomenal job. So we, you know, uh, we look. Is that at, a Paralympic sport, murder ball? Um, yeah, that's definitely a Paralympic sport. Do they call it murder ball or is there no, like. No, no, uh, okay. It's rugby. It's basically. Oh, OK, OK, OK. <laughs> You know, it's a very catchy title because if you watch the film, they take some big hits in that. I mean, oh, they're knocked over yeah. and uh, and their wheelchairs are knocked over. And it's it's not for the, um, you know, uh, for the, the delicate. And uh, <laughs> it's to give our listeners a, point, a, you know? a visual. James Kahn's rollerball yeah. is the closest thing I could compare Mur murder ball too yeah um but these guys have you know they are so into it and they want to win that gold medal for for their country um and it doesn't matter i mean so it's it's all out it's it's all or nothing for them yeah. and um and so in it you know the the four athletes that we tracked in this documentary um are young. They're very, you know, um, they just started out. So, I mean, it's very easy to follow the top three. It's very easy to follow the leaderboard, you know. Um, but what about the kids that are just coming up? How do they evolve into the system? And that was another thing that we really wanted to show was where do they come from? You know, who are their coaches? Do they have the parents that, that can help them out? Do they have the financial resources? Do they have the coaching, all that? So that's all a part of this film to, you know, if, if let's say, you know, you're parents of disabled kids and you're sitting on the couch watching this film and your kids want to play sports, this yeah. is kind of how they can do it. You know, it's a, um, it gives them a guide, you know, a roadmap on how yeah. to get in. Yeah. Um, so that was a really important part, not just in the character study, but in, you know, weaving themselves into the system and how do they advance from here? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I, okay, this is going to sound weird, but like, I love soccer and I remember, so I like the MLS and, and like when David Beckham came over to, from, you know, from Spain to the MLS, he really upped the, the level, or at least, you know, brought up the, the knowledge <laughs> of MLS, right? Because of, of, of the, uh, because, I mean, let's face it, you know, in America, soccer wasn't the biggest thing for guys to play. It was football, baseball. But David Beckham coming over. And, and, and I only say this because, and I really feel this, is, is your, your, your little documentary could actually raise the bar and bring, bring para-Olympics, the para-sports, into the forefront. And and really, like 
you know, it, and but it's just like what you were just saying. It's like these kids and the parents of of these athletes, these kids that want to do more and they know they can be more. This is just pure motivation for them to to get up and go, I want to do that because if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Oh God, man, I just got like the chills. But that's like the whole thing of this. And watching it, I, it kind of made me kind of cry a little bit because it oh, was right so it, it was so um, moving in a way where where they're following their dreams. Most people do not follow their dreams. Nope. And and look at what you you captured. Look at what you've created. It's 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 a dream. And, you know, it. Somebody somewhere, uh, actually a lot of people, a lot of people everywhere uh, in, you know, you don't have to just be um, disabled no. or handicapped. No, it can inspire. What I think is going to be more amazing about it is how it's going to show more able-bodied kids that, you know, they're friends who are different. You yeah. know, they're just as great as they are as athletes. Yeah. 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 No, you know, they kept us motivated, you know, it was like, you know, there were some days where we're like, going, oh, is this going to even, you know, happen or what? And I would think, hey, if these guys are out there, you know, busting their ass, you know, out on the track training and doing all they can to make this this team, we can go out there and shoot this movie. You know, exactly. and, and so you're right. It's a very motivating on all levels. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. what we're hoping for. Oh yeah. Oh, I well, uh bingo, bingo, bango. You got it. <laughs> you nailed that one. Um how long did it take? Okay, actually cuz you're really very knowledgeable, extremely knowledgeable in in the Paralympics and um the legal speak, right? Uh how how much knowledge going into this did you have of the 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 para olympics or the para sports <laughs> yeah it's a great great question um i knew pretty much how it worked how it operated but okay. what i didn't know was the classification process so these kids if they want to compete internationally they have to get quote unquote classified and that means i'm sure you saw the film where that whole piece about you know they have to go in front of a panel and they examine these kids and then they're, you know, they're given a, a letter and a number, you know, a T36 or whatever it is. Um, so that was the portion that we had no idea about. And we had to kind of drill in to find out about what takes place and how. And, and so basically that whole classification process puts us on a level playing field. So, you know, if, if you're, you know, you have a below the leg. Uh, or you are a below the leg amputee, let's say, mm -hmm. you're going to be classified one way. But if you have cerebral palsy, you're going to be classified another way. Mm -hmm. so, so they're not going to be mixing and matching these these athletes with different disabilities okay. in the same race. Okay. It's going to be like for like as much as they can um, to to make sure it's a it's a level playing field. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting and and uh, you know trying to trying to figure all that out. Yeah. Did you, this is a crazy question because filmmakers face this all the time when you look for locations and things, uh, or especially when you're doing a documentary and it's 
more controversial, obviously, than than this would be. But did you have any kind of like negative, like reactions from from like um, the the committee or anything? Oh, we don't want to show that. We don't want to do any of that. No, you know they. Uh, I think that you know the uh, both the IPC, the International Paralympic Committee, which is is headquartered in in Bonn, Germany, and also um, the the U.S. Paralympic Track and Field. Um, who we dealt with, you know, uh, or actually U.S. Paralympics, it's based in Colorado Springs, Colorado, which is like the headquarters. Um, they didn't put, you know, they just said, great, you know. I mean, we had some, you know, not even difficult times, but we had some hurdles about getting, uh, you know, media credentials occasionally, but really nothing too serious. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, they, uh, you know, they're, I don't want to say they're desperate for publicity, but any kind of uh, film that comes out that shows what's going on yeah. can only help their position. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Because of the fact that the U.S. is is just so underserved in this in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, to answer your question, no, they they embraced it. You know, that's good. Uh, they were saying go for it. You know, hey. and everybody that we dealt with was like, sure, you can come out and film. You know, um, and uh, so we did that, and we we tracked these these kids for f- almost four years, um, and um, and it was just interesting to see them grow not a not only as athletes, but as you know, going from from teenagers to young adults, yeah. you know, going from high school to college, and and they grew up quickly, and they're and they're bright, and they're incredible kids. You know, they were. How did how did you pick the kids? To be the subjects. The well, originally, we cast a wide net. Um, you know, after California had adopted these rules, you know, I got I I I, w- I was introduced to my associate producer at a at a, a barbecue one night because I was following one kid, um, and and her parents had hosted a, a barbecue and they invited me over and they said, hey, we want you to to get to know this guy rich robert and who's been a, a track and field official for like 30 years and 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 had worked in in parasports also so he had a huge amount of contacts and knowledge and you know uh you know we got together and started figuring out going wow it'd be really cool to make this film and um so we cast a wide net and we said okay, let's look at, you know, 10 or 15 and, and see if we can and round it down to about four. And so that's what we did. But these kids were all minors, you know, they were all 16, 17. So we had to get buy off, you know, buy in from their, from their parents, uh, get to them signed releases. And, you know, they were like, you know, who are these guys and what do they want to do and what's going on? They were a little suspicious, but, you know, after a while, you know, we got to know them and they're really great to work with. And, and, and they were all for it. And they said, whatever you need. So we narrowed it down to four and, um, it was, you know, two females, two, two males, um, you know, two of them had cerebral palsy. One of them had a brachial plexus injury and another one had neuroblastoma. Um, you know, so, uh, we try to give a, a variety, um, as much as we could. Um, they're from different areas too, um, uh, different socioeconomic backgrounds. Um, so we, we tried to get as much diversity as we could in that, in that group. Yeah. But, but at the same time, be able to um, logistically be able to get to them, 
without having to spend a fortune flying all over the place. Yeah. So we had one in, in San Diego County, one in LA County and two in Orange County, all in, in Southern California. Oh, that's cool. That's so kind of local, kind of yeah. local in SoCal. Yeah, just a lot okay. of driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Budgets um, always, uh, you know, a consideration. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, here's a, here's a good filmmaking question. Um, how long, uh, how, what were the shoot days like and how many people were on the crew? We had lean and mean. It was, uh, <laughs> it was the max was four, believe it or not. Yeah. And, and the, uh, you know, minimum was two. It was <laughs> one, you know, depending on what was going on. Yeah. But we, uh, but we got it done. You know, every, every, everybody that I worked with was so cool because they bought into the story right yeah. away. And they were like, I took the first crew out to the desert challenge games in, um, in May of 2017. And these guys were just like, had no idea this universe even existed. And they were just like, Oh my God, he's got no legs and no arms and he's doing all this and this and this. And they were like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Thanks so much. And they were just willing to work with me and negotiated the rates down. So we were able to stay in budget that way. And, you know, yeah. um, that was a real blessing for us. You know? I'm telling you, man, when, when good projects come along, people will actually gladly help out and do whatever they can. And I think that's a beautiful yeah. thing. Especially, especially for this. Um, what? Here's another. <laughs> here's another filmmaking question. Um, what? <laughs> Can I answer? Can I ask it? Yeah. Go what ahead. did you shoot on? Well, we got a. <laughs> you could probably tell we shot on a whole bunch of stuff. Um, we had uh, everything from these. You know, like Canon, you know, XA30s all the way up to some really good, you know, SLR, um, you know, uh, Panasonic um, cameras um, and, you know, a couple of Sonys in between, you know, some A7s. And uh, but there's a, a I mean, just I think there was probably at least a half dozen different cameras. That's cool. Uh, um, some shot in log, some shot out of log. Um, you know, it was, uh, the editors, thank God for them. They did such a great job, um, piecing this whole thing together. And, um, you know, I, I can't, I can't say enough about them either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, what was the editing process? Like I'm, I can only imagine four years of shooting footage. I don't even want to ask, but I think I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> how, how much, how much hours and, months of footage years really of footage did you have well you, you got to understand something we didn't shoot the whole entire year every yeah year. we shot during the season and the season really start you know started in well for these kids it started in february and then it ended in like june but then for the pros you know it starts in like may and goes through november december depending mm -hmm. on you know how far they advance yeah so, you know, but we had to pick our spots, you know, we couldn't go to everything. So, you know, I was kind of editing in my, in my mind yeah. at the same time that we were shooting. Okay. If we get this, we can connect that and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, but so we would shoot maybe, you know, you know, once a month, February through, you know, October, November, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then when we weren't shooting, those guys would go off and do their own thing. And then we'd come back together, you know. Um, so it wasn't like we were there, you know, every day, you know, every week, every month for, for like three and a half years. Yeah, yeah. But um, in, in terms of total hours, if you want to yeah. know, it was I think the total was about 57 hours. Of that's, that's quite a lot, though, still. Yeah. <laughs> boil that down to 30 before we even send it to the editor right we don't want any more than 30 hours you know yeah you know so we had to go in and kind of edit ourselves before we even sent them our stuff yeah Uh, and to make it so it would be you know doable and and reasonable time frame um yeah but uh, there's a there's a great backstory there too i don't know if you want that yeah of course yeah yeah Jennifer, our first editor, um, said, hey, you need to go out and do a couple of pickups. We're missing some stuff, you know. So I got everybody together and we did we had to do like four pickups between January 2020 and March of 2020. And the last two that we did were done three days before the lockdown and the day before the the day of the lockdown. (laughs) We hadn't gotten those done. We wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be fishing, oh, you know? Man. And so once we had the last one done and I was packing up that drive to send it up to the Valley, Governor Newsom said, you're all in, everybody get indoors. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like literally giving, handing the drive to the UPS <laughs> lady going, take this. That's a movie in and of itself, man. And, and so I'm like, Oh, I hope it gets there, you know, and um, and Jennifer got it and, and uh, we got it done. And uh, but, you know, it was one of those things where uh, thank God for, you know, the Internet and digital workflow and being able yeah. to, to work remotely yeah. uh, because we were able to communicate without having to go outdoors. anymore. OK, something just occurred to me. Let's see. This is what is this? Is this around October? No, September. Sorry. I'm way a month ahead. So you delivered the last pickups. So obviously this was like an ongoing editing thing because I mean, just from I mean, that that uh, I'm kind of perplexed because all here, too, man. Yeah, you got it really a good edit and a great cut in in just in the last. April, May, June, February, in four months. Yeah. So we, but you got to understand, we we had started the edit um, in um, January fifteenth. Okay. So That's we great. went out and grabbed those pickups, and then we had it all together by March. But she had already started. We already kind of had a kind of a loose structure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like we started from scratch. Yeah. We yeah. Were sort of halfway there you know but we had to fill in these spots you, you guys know the drill oh yeah oh um, yeah yeah and and you think you've got it all and then you're missing you know this this and this the and most this. important little thing that connects yeah. everything yeah. together yeah yeah so, um you know so and then we had all kinds of other challenges too but those are typical filmmaker stuff but um you know the unique thing was that um you know had we not gotten those pickups done we wouldn't be talking right now because we wouldn't have mm-hmm. You know, can I ask what were the pickups that you needed to to have done? Just more of a re-interview, just starting okay. to get okay. some more information, you know, to fill in some gaps on their yeah. family life and and some of their struggles and and things like that that yeah. we failed to get in in the early ones. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 
you know, it's kind of, um, you know, my bad for a little bit, but, you know, at the same time, you know, uh, we're juggling a lot of things, you know, balls in the air. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they were all, all the, all the athletes, all the kids were very, you know, receptive to coming back and being re-interviewed and we try to make it as easy as possible for them. And <laughs> Kurt's, uh, Kurt Axine, his dad called me up the day we, we did this, the day of the shoot that we got, everybody got locked down afterwards. He calls me up at like seven o'clock and goes, Scott, I want you to know that, you know, Kurt is living with his, you know, his grandmother, and we want to make sure that everything's clean on the set and you guys are not infected. And, you know, he was very, very kind of concerned about where we're coming from. So we had to put him at ease and say, look, you know, Mr. Axian, it's okay. You know, we can, we can get this done without having any, any problems. And, um, you know, luckily everything was fine, but that's a good thing about having a small crew is that, exactly. you know, you're not ex exposing the talent to, you know, a whole bunch of people from the outside that might be yeah. carrying it in. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, there, there ain't there there no protocols at that point either. You know? Right. Right. Just, just make sure you like wipe down stuff and you're not, everything. you're not shaking hands. You're not hugging. And, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I gotta say, you know, there ain't no shame in the uh, small crew game because literally we uh, our our last couple of uh, filmmakers, uh, one was Cargo. They had a small crew and an even smaller crew were the guys and their two brothers. Uh -huh. And they did uh, a movie called Cosmos, the movie, a science and fiction movie, <laughs> a, a science fiction movie, no doubt. And talk about a, a small crew. They, they, I mean, it was them and maybe another guy. And then they wow. had like four, four, four main actors. They did green screen. They shot in their, um, <laughs> their studio was their car garage. It was amazing. And, and there's so much that, that people, that filmmakers can do even musicians these days, but, but particularly filmmakers can do with a small crew. And I, you know, we, we've talked about this, Eric, you and I before is it, it's always amazing to me to hear people much like you, um, come in and, and say, you know, well, if, if we only had a, had a better camera or if we had a 15 person crew, we could do so much more yeah. with it. And, and I'm thinking, uh, no, you really can't. Cause now you got 15 more people to worry about. Are they doing their thing and all that other stuff? So 15 I, more people to feed. <laughs> exactly. For the budget. For the roof, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. And it just, I am amazed. Number one, that that you have a completed documentary that yeah. is that is it's an amazing story and it and it tells i mean it it very is much an inspiration story okay. um and i i i think and i'm usually not wrong although who knows <laughs> i i think this thing i think going to be the start of something big, a movement, you know? It's like you said, you can either join a movement or you can create a movement. You joined a movement and you're creating a bigger movement. And you, right. you're, you're doing your part. 
you're doing your part, not only as as a human being, but a filmmaker as well. So, um, I mean, kudos to you. Hats off all yeah. around. Yeah, and just be you're, you, it's a blessing, man, to have you on and, and be able to talk to you about this. Because we're talking to you, and it's not even out yet. I love it. <laughs> we got to see it. <laughs> we got a sneak preview. I know. It's awesome. Oh, it's cute, you know? I love it. I love it. Um, I Okay, I could go on all night. One more question for me, and I think this is a big one. How much filmmaking experience... And and this is not this is neither good or bad, but how how much filmmaking experience did you have when you started this thing? Very little. I mean, you know, um, I had done some you know one off you know produce a, a few one off like news clips and a little few music videos and you know, but really nothing to the scale. This is the biggest project, you know, and so there's a huge learning curve and and. Uh, you know, luckily I had uh, a really good DP, Andre Semyuk, who was like just the most creative, uh, dedicated warrior that I have ever worked with. I mean, this guy was there. He was on time. He could solve problems. We had, you know, all kinds of weird stuff going on that we, we came up with solutions in the field um, to, uh, you know, he helped edit the first couple of trailers. Uh, he gave me advice on colorizing. I mean, this guy was just he, the best team, you know, player I've ever been with. Um, and, you know, we had a, we had like two really good sound guys. Um, and, um, and we had a couple of other ca camera operators. One guy, Ben Jones, that I hired that lived over in Berlin that hopped over to Switzerland to cover some stuff for me was another one of these guys that was just all purpose could interview the athletes, you know, get it all done, shot, delivered back to me. Um, you wow. know, it's, it's all about who you surround yourself with. And I learned from all of them. Yeah. You know, I learned so much from all of them. It was like getting, you know, an advanced degree in over that three and a half year period. Um, and I, I think that, you know, you talk to any filmmaker and it and it's the crew that you surround yourself with that's going to make it's, or break, yeah, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. These guys are, are dedicated, they're on time and they're, you know, uh, they, they, they come up with good ideas and they're, they're into the story. Um, that makes it all so much. That's the most important thing is that, you know, everybody cares about the story because ultimately their names attached to it for all time. Yeah. 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 You know, and there's, there are people out there and it, I mean, yeah, I think we've all kind of worked with people, even not in the business, just people that, you know, in your regular life or your job and, you know, um, they, they just are not motivated at all. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the hardest, that's the hardest thing to overcome, I think, is the motivation and getting people motivated. And it sounds like, yeah. Scott, I mean, you know, when you talk earlier on about stars aligning and things coming together, you know, that, that's how it happens. And yeah, there's some roadblocks or little, little speed bumps, not even roadblocks. But at the time you're like, oh my God, I know why Francis Ford Coppola had a heart attack during Apocalypse. <laughs> I know, I know. It wasn't like we were in the Philippines. We'd run out of money or something. 
you know, the natives are chasing us after, you know, trying to get the last guy on the plane. It wasn't quite like that. You know? <laughs> but man, just think if you could put hey, something out there scars like that. are battle scars, man. It doesn't matter, you know, where you got your battle scar. Yeah, yes, yes. Actually, I, I've got a good byline for you when you do the press and stuff. Go, what do you get when you... <laughs> Never mind. <It> just... <laughs> no, I tell you, Scott, you are a blessing um, for not just for us, but for your documentary and the yeah. kids and the parents and para... Paralympic. I keep saying Paralympic, but it's a para sport. Para-athletes, you know, para athletes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. I went the whole thing and and we've got people listening going, nah, man, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> it's para athletes, dude. Come on. Uh, but but no, in in all seriousness, um you really are. You you've put your talent to work and yeah. you you've learned on the job, and that's part of being good at what you do. And it, and it shows with this documentary. It, it came mm-hmm. through. So congratulations. Oh, I appreciate it, guys. Here, here. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Um, let us know whenever you, you get your distribution, like, all lined up. And we would love to have you back on. Oh, I, I'd love to, to come back. It'd be great. Yeah. 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 We would love to have some of the athletes oh, on also. Yeah. I can line that up for you. Um, That'd be great. Couple that would... are, are really are pretty funny. <laughs> you would... All right, let's let's set it up. Yeah. That it's a date. It's a date. We put it out there to the world, so we got to come through, and okay. we will, Scott. We right will. Before we go into you know panic mode with the movie, we want to have these guys on. <laughs> I know. I know. Some some sane motivation. Yeah. What's going into production on your film next year? Yeah, probably March or April. Okay. We're and and you know we're right. The, huh? the horror film. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, I'm the writer, director, editor. It's called Hillsborough Road. It is a 1980 slasher movie. It is not commenting on society like a lot of horror movies do now. It is just a bunch of teenagers going someplace they shouldn't and getting killed in awesome ways. Okay. Uh, well, you know the the market always wants a good horror film. You know, yeah, always a market for a good horror film. Just like yeah. every year, there's a market for a new cookbook. Man, they exactly. Need, you know, <laughs> so you guys are right in it. You know, I know, I know. we're in yeah. deep. I I don't know what I've done to myself. I really don't. Oh. You, know, I, you know, best of luck on the journey, and I'm I'm thank you so much. Put together one heck of a film. Thank you. <laughs> gonna be wild and crazy thank you very much and uh yeah scott just from just to kind of wrap up man thank you thank you thank Thank you you like a hundred times yeah yeah and and uh we will have you and the kids back for sure announce your big distribution deal it'll be on netflix i know it will (laughs) i don't know i'm just saying (laughs) i'm putting it out there babe i'm putting it out into the universe man Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate all the, the, the nice comments. You, know. you deserve every one of them. And, well, everybody, like, you know, we always say we just want to thank Scott one more time for coming on. And everybody, like I say at the end of every episode of every podcast we do, 
remember, especially in this day and age, be excellent to each other.